This is the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Bybus, episode number 14, the solo series. Hello, hello, everybody. Cassandra Bybus here. Welcome to this episode of She Runs the Show podcast. I just want to talk to you today about something that is really, really important to me. And that is Generation X. A, because I am a part of Generation X. And B, because I think Generation X is getting kind of a bad rap all over the place, on the internet, on the news, everywhere. And it's time for me to talk about that. And so if you are a part of Generation X, you're going to want to hear this because this is a message for you. If you're not a part of Generation X, well, you still may want to hear it, but I don't know that you want to spend all of your time here. I mean, maybe you do, but maybe you don't. I make no apologies. This message that in this episode today is for Generation X, and the message is pretty simple. We have got to stand the hell up. So, let's get to the episode, because i got a lot to say, and we have a lot as a generation to do. Let's go. Welcome to episode number 14 in the solo series. Let me tell you what, I just had to record this episode today. I was planning on bringing you guys uh, a number of interviews with some wonderful, I'm trying to avoid saying the word amazing because I think I say, there are two words that I say a lot, amazing and exactly. So one time I had a friend tell me, you say exactly a lot. And I never realized up until that moment how often I say exactly, but there are two words that I say a lot, amazing and exactly. So if you listen to this podcast often, you're going to hear me say amazing and exactly quite a bit. Okay. So that little self-disclosure, something hit me this morning. I was reading something about Generation X. And for those of you who know me, I am pretty much a member of Generation X. And I'll say later on why that's pretty much. But I was born in 1978. I just turned 37. I'm a member of Generation X. And, you know, I haven't paid too much attention to the whole generation thing. You know, in my MBA program, we talked about it a little bit. It wasn't something that I really wanted to give too much energy to because I think labels Oftentimes, you know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you start to agree to a label and you buy into a label, then you become the label because your consciousness is wrapped around that label. So up until this moment, like Generation X, Y, Millennials, Boomers, whatever, not so much something that's on my radar screen. However, this morning... I read a few articles on Generation X that really pissed me off. And I want to talk about it because I think as much as I may want to not pay attention to these labels and not pay attention to these studies and these things that talk about different generations, whether it's in the workplace or in entrepreneurship, it's not necessarily going away. And therefore, as a woman entrepreneur, I want to be very clear on the fact that, and as a member of Generation X, I think it's time that as a generation, we had a little get it together talk with ourselves. Because there is so much consistency online about what is being said about Generation X. 
that I think it's time for Generation X to do exactly what I'm saying in the title of today's episode, which is stand the hell up. So uh, let me just do a little disclaimer. On almost every podcast you will hear from me, you're not going to hear uh, a whole lot of profanity. In my personal life, I don't swear a lot. Like, I have to be pretty mad to say a cuss word. However, in today's episode, you might hear a little something, something. So I'm just going to give you a disclaimer that if you are listening to this podcast and you have small children around you, I highly recommend that you don't listen to this podcast with those small kids around unless you want them repeating these words. So disclaimer, there will be some profanity in today's episode. Okay. I want to start by reading a quote from one of my all-time favorite books because this quote is going to really make sense as we talk about this little get-it-together talk with all of us in Generation X. And in The Four Agreements, which if you haven't read it by Don Miguel Ruiz, pick it up today, Amazon.com. Get it. But in The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz says the following. He says, As children, we didn't have the opportunity to choose our beliefs, but we agreed with the information that was passed to us from the dream of the planet via other humans. The only way to store information is by agreement. The outside dream may hook our attention, but if we don't agree, we don't store that information. As soon as we agree, we believe it, and this is called faith. To have faith is to believe unconditionally. That's how we learn as children. Children believe everything adults say. We agree with them, and our faith is so strong that the belief system controls our whole dream of life. We didn't choose these beliefs, and we may have rebelled against them, but we were not strong enough to win the rebellion. The result is surrender to the beliefs with our agreement. That is why we need a great deal of courage to challenge our own beliefs, because even if we know we didn't choose all those beliefs— It is also true that we agreed to all of them. The agreement is so strong that even if we understand the concept of it not being true, we feel the blame, the guilt, and the shame that occur if we go against these rules. So let's just go there for a minute. We are all raised in different environments, but within those environments, there were expectations, there were beliefs, there were stereotypes, there were roles, there were things that were impressed upon us by our environment from birth that as children we agreed to and we took on as being true. And we were so programmed with those stereotypes, those roles, even in rebelling against them, our rebellion was affirming those contracts. And so, even as adults, whether we know it or not, unless we've really taken the courage to challenge our own beliefs, we have now become the individuals upholding those agreements that were made probably before we were even born. So, I say all of that to say that when we talk about what we're going to talk about today in relationship to Generation X, we have to be super clear on the fact that it is time at this moment, beginning right now, that we get the courage to challenge. I'm not talking about society's beliefs. 
to challenge our own beliefs about who we are, what we're after, how we're getting there, and what our legacy role is as an entire generation. We need to get some courage and do that. Because up until now, maybe you're in Generation X and you've been doing that all along. Fabulous. If you're listening to me and you are in Generation Y or you're a millennial or you're a baby boomer and you're thinking, well, how is this episode going to apply to me? My answer is I'm not really sure because I'm really speaking to Generation X today. And maybe if you're Generation Y, you might either be the child of a baby boomer or you're the child of a Gen Xer who had you young. Um, if you're the member of a baby boomer generation, maybe you have a Generation X adult child that you just don't understand. Today's episode is really something that as a Gen Xer, I want to speak to all of my Gen X siblings and say, we need to get it together. We need to, as Winston Churchill would say, create our own history. And it's not that there aren't Gen Xers who stand out as stars and leaders and, you know, they've done great things in business and in entertainment and in the political world. There are those Gen Xers out there. However, a generation is an entire group of people. It is not simply that one to two percent that make it to a certain level. And our history as a generation is going to be dictated not by the few, but by the many. So it's really important that all of us get super concerned about how the entire generation is operating. Because at the end of the day, we have to go to a place where we say, as Winston Churchill once said, History will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. We need to start rewriting these things, Generation X. We really do. So let's talk about what's going to happen in this episode. By the end of today's episode, you're going to learn, one, how Generation X is defined. And I say how they're defined because I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing out there in Forbes and Pew Research Center and all of these credible places. So how Generation X is defined out there. Then we're going to learn who Generation X really is. Now, again, I'm a member of Generation X, so I'm going to give you my take on it. And that's why this is a get it together talk with ourselves, because what resonates with you, fabulous, take it and run with it. If it doesn't resonate with you, I challenge you to come up with your own definition about what it means for you to be a Generation Xer. So we're going to talk about how Generation X is defined, who Generation X really is. And then thirdly, you're going to learn what Generation X needs to step up to the plate and what needs to be done now. So let's get into it. Whether you go on Wikipedia or you Google it, when you want a definition of Generation X, the first problem is that there are discrepancies about when the generation even starts. Like some articles are saying that Generation X is 1966 to 1976. If that's true, then I'm not actually a Gen Xer. I'm actually a millennial, which I don't think I'm a millennial. I think I'm a Gen Xer. Others say that Generation X constitute those born between 1965 and 1980, which sounds a little bit more like me. So 
Gen Xers entered the workforce during the boom years of the Clinton administration. And also, you know, they bought homes during the times when uh, real estate was sky high. Like I remember on my second house, you would go to an open house in Connecticut on a Saturday morning. Two hours later, there were already three bids on that house and each of them higher than the asking price. That doesn't exist anymore. Gen Xers are also the ones who in their formative young adulthood, adulthood years, they experience things like 9-11 and what has been called the Great Recession. So in general, a lot of what I'm seeing about how Generation X is defined is typically those who came of age from 1988 to 1994. So I was born in 78. I was 10 in 1988. And in 2004, they were anywhere from 28 to 38. Now, what? I'm 37 now. I was 27 in 2000, uh, in 2005. So I was 26 in 2004. Okay. So Gen X, right? Current population, 41 million in Generation X. Here's what disturbs me. Not only do they not know exactly when Generation X started, but almost every article that I Googled about Generation X, we are referred to as the lost generation. We were the first generation of latchkey kids, right? In front of the TV, in front of the computers, parents working, you know, the the first real generation where there was an outbreak of divorce, like majorly, we were the ones who helped, you know, we saw the 50% divorce rate as it was being created, um, exposed to lots of daycare and lots of divorce. We're also known as the generation with the lowest voting participation rate of any generation. And in fact, Newsweek quoted, <laughs> was quoted as saying that Generation X, we are the generation that dropped out without ever turning on the news or tuning into the social issues around them. Can I just say something for a quick moment about that? I'm not a fan of news. I'm not a fan of CNN. I don't like to watch them other than to keep a little bit of a a pulse of what's going on. A, because I don't know how accurate their news is. B, because I know all media is driven by profit. And when profit is in the mix, that means somebody has a vested interest, which means they're going to promote the kind of news that sells, which typically isn't good news. And C, um, I can be involved in social issues without watching the nightly news and finding out who's been killed today and who's been burglarized today. And, you know, I don't need to hear all of that. So I think I am very Gen X when it comes to I don't want to watch the news and like live and die by what some media outlet is telling me I ought to believe about what's going on in my world. Not so much. But I think with social media, we're now getting diverse points of view. And so we can look at the news in a different way and we can take it in in a different way because we do have access to technology, the internet, social media in a different way. Just have to say that. Now, Generation, generational X, generational, excuse me, Gen X is also characterized by high levels of skepticism, the what's in it for me attitude and a reputation. Um, and I'm getting this off of an article from some of the worst music to ever gain popularity. Well, you know, I like the fray. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, Sarah Bareilles is amazing, but she's recent, right? Um, 
U2. Hello, that's not bad music. So I don't know what they're talking about there. I don't know what they're talking about in a lot of these things. This is why we're having a get it together talk because this is absolutely ridiculous. They also say that childhood divorce had a great role on Gen Xers because they are one of, you know, divorce was so prevalent among Generation X where it had not been as prevalent among the baby boomers that Generation X grew up really being cautious about dating and marriage and wanting to make sure that they would raise their children in not broken homes. Well, I don't know how all that worked out because we're still above a 50% divorce rate in the U.S. So we won't even talk about that. So latchkey kids, lost generation, middle child syndrome, all of this, what I'm going to call BS. Um, and, and in fact, it goes even further. So the negativity of what I've read about Generation X. Like I did not come across even one article that was at least 70% positive about who Generation X is, what they bring to the table, what they offer. In fact, one article on Forbes by Quentin Fortrell and Quentin, if you're listening, I know you did mention positive things about Generation X, but I do need to break it down. Your 10 things Generation X won't tell you. So Quentin wrote this this post on Forbes called 10 Things Generation X Won't Tell You. And so let me just give you a rundown of the 10 things that Quentin talks about. Number one, we're poorer than our parents were at our age. Yeah, houses cost a whole heck of a lot more than they did before. When my mother bought a house, it was $50,000. That same house in Connecticut is now worth over half a million. Just saying. Two, now that Gen Xers are in their late 30s and 40s, marketers in the media are ignoring us. Hmm. I don't know, Quentin. I take a little issue with that because I don't think anybody gave Jennifer Lopez that memo. Last time I checked, she was on the cover of most major magazines, including Vogue, and she's a Gen Xer for sure. In fact, in the article, he says there are 89 million millennials also known as Generation Y. They were born between 1981 and 1996. And 75 million boomers born between 1946 and 1964 compared with just 49 million Gen Xers. So what Quentin is saying is because the Gen X generation of 49 million is so small, the media is not focusing so much on them because they really want to target the buyers who are going to be the millennials who have 89 million and the boomers who are still buying and and have a lot of buying power at 75 million. I get that from a marketing and media perspective. I'm going to talk about the size of the generation in a minute, but I'm not going to go there yet. The third thing that Quentin said in 10 things Generation X won't tell you is this, Gen Xers bought homes in the housing boom and we regret it. Well, Look, there are records of housing booms and housing busts all over the place. Did a lot of us as Gen Xers buy it in the boom? Yes. Did we all get a bad deal where we can't sell our houses now? No. So I don't necessarily agree with that. Fourth thing Generation X won't tell you, according to Quentin Fortrell, is this. Gen X wives are the breadwinners. And, you know, he says in the post, male Xers may be the first generation to face serious competition from women in the workplace. Um, hold up. Is that a problem? I don't know. I'm hosting She Runs the Show. Is it a problem that women are the breadwinners? Is it a problem that women 
are making lots of money and they're getting amazing educations and they're supporting their families in ways that women were never able to before? Is that supposed to be a bad thing? Hmm. I don't think so. The fifth thing Generation X won't tell you, according to Quentin Fortrell, is Gen Xers are not saving for retirement or are severely behind in doing so. Maybe because we get that the retirement game doesn't play out the way people portray it to in the beginning. Maybe they get that they don't want to live that kind of lifestyle when they're 65 and 70. Maybe because they expect a higher lifestyle. And while they might be contributing to a 401k, they are not putting all of their eggs in one basket. Just saying. The sixth thing Generation X won't tell you, according to Quentin, is this. Baby boomers are retiring later, which is postponing Gen Xers from being promoted. Now, I do see this a lot. I do see situations where there are Gen Xers who are waiting to take on certain VP and senior VP roles because there's only one or two of those positions in a big company. And the person who has the position is a baby boomer and they're not leaving anytime soon. Here's my deal about that. That is a choice that that Gen Xer is making based on scarcity or being in a comfort zone to stay in a company that would not move them into a position based on their talents and their desires. If that Gen Xer thinks that company A is the only company for them and there's only one position that they want and it's currently being filled by a baby boomer and they're choosing to stay in a lower position because they are biting at the bit waiting for that person to retire. That's on that Gen Xer. That's on them. It has nothing to do with the fact that baby boomers are retiring later. Here's why. There is always another opportunity. In fact, there is always a bigger better, more amazing opportunity if you're open to it. Just saying. The seventh thing that Quentin said Generation X won't tell you is this. While millennials are all about moving up the corporate ladder, jaded Gen Xers are not. Maybe because that's just not what we want. How about that? Maybe because we don't care about the front parking space or the keys to the corporate legacy or the office in the corner with all the windows. Maybe we want to be able to have lifestyles where we live anywhere we want. We take a laptop. We work when we want. We raise our families the way we want and we make tons of money doing it. Maybe we just want to do it in a different way. How about that? The eighth thing that Quentin says you know, Generation X won't tell you is Gen Xers are jaded about the American dream. Well, I mean, if you'd gone through, okay, so the first major period of big divorce, like high percentages leading up to 50% divorce rate for all marriages, if you were working at a time when 9-11 happened and you were living in New York City, if you were living in a time where there was the Great Recession, maybe you'd be a little bit jaded too. But what if that's not even the issue? What if it's not even about being jaded? What if it's simply about saying, it is what it is? Like, I'm not going to be overly idealistic. I'm not going to be overly pessimistic, but I am going to see things for what they are because you can't change anything until you do. So Gen Xers may be jaded, but maybe they're just being realistic. And that's the foundation upon which any major transformation is built by identifying where am I right now? 
Maybe it's just that Gen Xers are super good at that. Here's what it is. This is what we're dealing with. This is where we are. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. I'm going to say it is what it is. Then the question is, what's next? How do I make it what I want it to be? In the Forbes article, Quentin says the ninth thing Generation X won't tell you is this. The children of Gen Xers have taken on our pessimism and don't believe in the American dream either. Or manners, for that matter. Well, I ought to just say no comment. But I think that there is something to that. Uh, but I also think it has a lot to do with our technology. You know, when you walk into a Starbucks today, you see everybody on their phones. Nobody's saying, hi, how are you? Looking at other people, engaging in conversations if they don't know them. I think the lack of manners has a lot to do with the technology times that we're in. Now, is the pessimism getting spread to the next generation? Ah, I don't buy that. I, again, it, if you're raised in a pessimistic family, yes. If you're raised in an idealistic family, you may still have a pessimist, you know, like your children come out different. They're who they are. So I don't know if I agree with that. And the 10th thing that Quentin said Generation X won't tell you is this. Generation Xers are swing voters. They're politically diverse. Well, yes, we are. We are politically diverse. We are one of the first generations where it's not... Uh, illegal to have interracial marriages. It's not illegal to have same-sex marriages. I mean, we're one of the first generations where those things are now possible that in the 50s, they weren't. Even in the 60s, they were not. So, yeah, of course, we're going to be swing voters. We are politically diverse. Now, again, the more I research this, the more that I see these articles that are so negative about Generation X. I mean, Pew Research Center, Pew, of all things, Pew Research Center wrote a post on June 5th, 2014, and they entitled it Generation X, America's Middle Child. You know the middle child always gets a bad rap, right? Okay. So in the article by Pew, this is what they say. Gen Xers are bookended by two much larger generations, the baby boomers ahead and the millennials behind, that are strikingly different from one another. And in most of the ways we take stock of generations, their racial and ethnic makeup, their political, social, and religious values, their economic and educational circumstances, their technology usage, Gen Xers are a low-slung, straight-line bridge between two noisy behemoths seriously. So our generation, Generation X, is nothing more, according to Pew, than a slow-slung, straight-line bridge between two noisy behemoths. I don't know about you, but if you're in Generation X, is that how you want to be referred to in history books? Let me say that again. A low-slung, straight-line bridge between two noisy behemoths. Seriously? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And you know, here's the thing. In my research, what I'm finding is Generation X, we've been called everything from the latchkey kids to the professionals living in a whiplash economy to the pessimists who rebelled against the baby boomers idealism. You know, they say we dated and married cautiously. I don't know how cautiously we could have done that if we have over a 50% divorce rate right now. I Let's not even go there. We've been called a generation that could care less about, you know, corporate 
climbing and accolades and corner offices. And we were the generation that wanted the freedom to work where we wanted, when we wanted, and how we wanted so we could provide a level of stability and presence for our children that were not provided for us. By so many article standards in my research, we are considered the lost generation. But see, that's what makes me mad. That's what pisses me off. Because that story that is somehow reverberating across the internet time and time again, I'm talking articles in 2009, I'm talking articles in 2010, I'm talking articles in 2015, that's a story. And a story is just that. It is a story. It is a fabrication. I think it's time. Now that Generation X is finally in their 30s and 40s, I think it's time we wrote a new story for our generation. Again, remember Winston Churchill. History will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. Let's talk about who Generation X really is. Like We've talked about all the bullshit about who we're supposed to be and where we came from and all. Let me talk for a second before I get into who Generation X really is about this whole idea of lost children, because there is one factor that a lot of us have not come to grips with that. I think it's time we finally dealt with it, call the elephant in the room what it is and healed the damn thing. They'll give you the quotes in Generation X articles that we are the smaller generation in between two bigger generations, right? That the baby boomers who, what, 75 million strong and the millennials 89 million strong, okay? And we're 49 million. What they're not going to tell you and what I heard an expert who focuses on researching and writing books about generations say in an interview with Tony Robbins, what I heard him say and what has never left the presence of my mind is that generation X is the first generation that could be disposed of before they were even born. If you remember, okay, Baby boomers did not necessarily have the option of abortion. Roe v. Wade hadn't happened yet. So the baby boomers were big because women did not have the reproductive choices they had. They have today. They did not have the pill. They did not have the um, plan B. I remember when I was in college and I started college in 1994, plan B, you know, that what is it called? The morning after pill? You couldn't get that over the counter. You literally had to go to the student health center. You had to get a prescription for it. Now I see it over the counter in a lot of places. So when we talk about the fact that Gen X is a smaller generation than baby boomers and millennials, it's not just because our parents had fewer children than their parents. It's because we were the first generation where there were reproductive options and reproductive choices where we could, our parents could elect not to have us. I'm not even going to talk about pro-abortion and none of that because I don't think your stance 
on abortion matters when you truly get what that means. What it means is we were the first generation where our existence was optional. And if you don't think that there's some on a soul level, some healing that needs to happen around that fact, some grieving over the fact that we were the first, not only were we the first generation that could be disposed of, we were also the first generation where even if we were born into our families, the likelihood that our family would survive in a nuclear intact way was less than 50%. So you couple the abortion issue and the divorce issue and parents needing to work all the time to support their families, especially in single parent households, which resulted in latchkey kids. And we're not talking about a lost generation. We're talking about a generation that has things to heal that they may not even know they have to heal first. So if we want to go anywhere with this lost generation bullshit, we need to talk about the fact that we've got to heal as a generation and we've got to grieve as a generation for the loss of all of our Gen Xers who are not here for whatever reason or who are not as intact as the generation before them because divorce grew in such numbers, because parents had to work as hard as they did and kids were left to their own devices at home. We need to grieve it. We need to heal it. We need to let that shit go. And until we do that, there's no moving forward. That's all I'm going to say about that. We need to heal it, grieve it, let it go. Okay. So you hear all of these things and you're like, if you're in generation X, you're thinking to yourself, there's nothing good that, that most of these articles are saying about us. There, there's nothing good in our story. And there's, you know, the baby boomers are the heroes, right? So, uh, Vietnam and, and hippie times and all free love and all of that kind of stuff, right? And the millennials are the technologically savvy up and comers, da, 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 da. But I would propose to you that we, as the actual generation, we need to write a new story. So here it is. Let me begin because I'm going to start rewriting this damn story right now. Who Generation X really is. A very important piece to this is we need to know who we're not. So the first things first, we are not the lost children. We are not lost. We are the bridge. So we're not the lost children. We're not forgotten. It's, you know what we need to do as a generation collectively? We need to step into a remembering of ourselves and who we really are and what our function really is. Because there's nothing wrong with being a bridge. You've heard it. Don't burn your bridges. Don't, you you got to walk back and forth over that thing. And you never know when you're going to need to do that. There's power in being the liaison between generations. There's power in being the diplomat. There's power in being the bridge. So instead of whining, complaining, bitching, and moaning about how life didn't turn out the way that you wanted to, 
or, you know, focusing on the fact that this is a generation that went from being latchkey children to surviving economic downturns, the Great Recession, whatever you want to call it. It's time as Generation X that we owned our hero story and got to the part where we win. And not just a win for ourselves. See, here's the thing. Here, here's where the power is in being the bridge. We have the ability to transform the conversation that generations in front of us and generations behind us are having with each other. It's not about winning on an individual capitalistic, I'm out for myself level. We have the power as Generation X to say, let's create a win-win for all of us. And let's be the bridge of that. Let's create a legacy that exists far beyond our generation. You see, it's time to get over the part where we, where we mourn and, and complain and bitch about how things should have been. They're not that way. Like whether or not you have gotten over your parents' divorce, whether or not you've gotten over the fact that you didn't have a stay-at-home mom, whether or not you've gotten over the fact that, you know, you got out of college with an English major and nobody told you that that was a, a degree for which there's very little money to make in New York, LA, Miami, Chicago. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That is done. At the end of the day, we can be the lost generation or we can be the bridge. And I think it's high time we took the power and the strength that comes from being the bridge and we just own the damn thing. Like, why don't we just own the fact that we are the bridge? And if you want to get where you want to go, you don't burn the damn bridge. You don't burn it. Our purpose as Generation X, in my mind, is to solidify the future of our children's children's children. And we can't do that being a lost generation. We can't do that walking around with generational wounds on a soul level that we don't even know that we have. We can't do that putting our greatness on the back burner. It is up to us to create our own hero story. And you know what? The one thing Generation X has done is we've allowed you know, the circumstances of our lives to dictate the level to which we play the lead role in that life experience. And you know what? We need to stop that. Like right now, this second today, we need to stop that. That's done. It's over. We need to turn this story around. We need to transform it. So now the question becomes, okay, so I don't like the story of Generation X, and I'm a Generation Xer. If you're like me, you're saying to yourself, I'm a Generation Xer. I don't like this story. This doesn't represent the totality of possibility, as Louise L. Hay would say, in my life. What needs to happen now? What's next? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. Here's what Generation X needs to do to step up to the plate. Here's what needs to happen now. First of all, let's just, we need to rewrite our history. We need to change the story, the dialogue, the dynamic. We need to stop allowing people to write these articles that negatively portray our generation and have that be the only thing that's out there on the internet. In other words, here's what I'm saying. 
They have freedom of speech, but so do we. So we're all the writers. And you know what? In Generation X, there are a lot of amazing, amazing, creative people, writers, bloggers, authors, journalists. Where are all the Generation X journalists, authors, writers, and bloggers who are countering that negative, unjustified, stereotypical Generation X commentary with redefining the narrative about Generation X. Where are writers? Where are journalists? Who's putting out the news of great things that we're doing in our generation? Who are the people who are the collaborators, the communicators, you know, the community builders who are physically, and I mean in a face-to-face sense, not on Twitter, who are physically bringing members of our generation together so we can collaborate, we can connect, we can go out into our communities and effect change. Who's doing that? Oh, hmm. Not enough of us. Not enough of us. Remember what Tolkien said. J.R. Tolkien said, all who wander are not lost. Let me say that again, because I want you to get that. We're called the lost generation, those of us in Generation X. But see, what you don't understand about lost is there's a difference between those who wander and those who are lost. All who wander, according to Tolkien, are not lost. It's time for us as a generation to stop wandering. It's time that we found ourselves. And from the vantage point of finding ourselves, it's time that we stood up and we speak the truth loudly. It's time for Generation X. We're in our 30s and 40s, people. Like, it's time that we take center stage and do the things that need to be done. All of this bullshit and nonsense about being in the shadow of the glory days of the baby boomers or being in the shadow of vigor and passion and technological savvy of the millennials is bullshit. And we need to call it what it is. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what generation you're in. Each one of us can leave a mark, a legacy in this world. And if we do it right cumulatively, we will have left a mark where we are one of the greatest generations that ever lived. Not because we were all about ourselves and not because we were pessimistic about the future and not because we wandered and tried to figure out what we wanted or at one point, you know... We were like, what was that movie with Winona Ryder? Maybe it was Real World? I don't know. But, you know, they depicted us originally when we were in our early 20s as the grunge generation. And then another point, we became the yuppie generation. But we don't need to be defined by any of those things. So we can be the most powerful generation X that we can be without comparing ourselves to baby boomers or millennials, without trying to outdo them, because each generation brings its own set of talents, gifts, abilities, and we serve a different role. We can decide as a generation what we're going to stand for. And we can absolutely, beginning from this moment forward, absolutely stand for it. And at the same time, when you make that decision about what you stand for, we have to have an unequivocal sense of responsibility that the things that we stand for, we are also willing to go to bat for till it's done. And that's what makes a great, a generation great. 
Generation X, it's time for us to do that. Like we're sort of, I don't know, maybe we're closing our eyes on these articles that are all over the internet and every, everywhere from Forbes to Pew Research about how literally forgotten we are. It's time for us to open up our eyes. Wake up. We don't need to be babies about this. We just need to decide that we are who we choose to be. We need to take a stand on who that is, and then we need to pave the way, not simply for ourselves, but for the next generation. You see, the millennials are doing their thing, the baby boomers are doing their thing, but as Gen X, as the bridge, we have the power to pave the way, not simply for the next generation, but for 10 generations from now, for 15 generations from now. And the point here is when you are the generation that is in between, you get to be the bridge. And you know what? The bridge is a very powerful position to have because everything that comes and everything that goes has to go over that bridge. Here's what we need to do. And this is my opinion. I'm a member of Generation X, but we need to collectively get together. We need to have live streams. We need to have meetups. We need to collectively get together and begin to figure out how we're going to leverage our position as the bridge. How are we going to impact change and transform our story? It's time we did that. Like we can all sit here and pretend like it's okay that what's being written about our generation is that we're latchkey kids who are middle children, who are lost in terms of generational understanding, that is not my truth. And you know what? It shouldn't be your truth either if you're in Generation X. It is up to us to change that narrative. And so I'm going to challenge anybody who's listening. Number one, if you are a Generation X individual, I want you to share this podcast with at least three other Generation X people you know. If you are a Generation Y individual and you're listening to this podcast, I want you to send this podcast link to your Generation X older sibling, to your Generation X parent if they had you super young. I want you to send it to them. If you're a baby boomer listening to this, send this to three of your Generation X children. Two, one, how many ever you have, send it to them and tell them to listen to it. Because what needs to happen now is a movement, a shift. And until the members of Generation X consciously collaborate and connect and choose to change the way that we are discussing ourselves. None of this is ever going to change. And we're going to wake up one day at 80 and we're going to read all the history books about when we were young and they're going to say we were the lost children. Not okay. Not okay. We have the power to say, this is not the way the story is going to go. So I'm challenging you. Send this podcast. Share this podcast with as many Generation Xers as you can. I don't have all the answers. I would never even begin to say that I do. But I do know one thing. I'm up for a movement if you are. I'm up for creating some massive change if you are. So if you're interested in finding a way to connect and collaborate in real time, I mean, live stream is awesome. We may do a few of those. Google Hangouts, awesome. We may do a few of those. But I mean, like physically meeting up and getting together. Email me. She runs the show podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. 
if you're a Generation Xer and you feel like I do, like we need to turn the tides on this story that people keep telling about us. And some of the people telling the story are in our generation to make matters worse. They're one of us. Uh-uh. Not okay. Not acceptable. Not going down that way. What did Winston Churchill say? History will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. Here's what we're going to do, Generation X. We're going to brainstorm. We're going to collaborate. We're going to connect. And we're going to figure out how to do the damn thing differently. We're rewriting the story. Because this, look, we're not even in our 60s yet. And and we want to go down as the lost generation? I don't think so. And that doesn't mean we need to belittle the other generations. They're great in their own way. But I think it's time that Generation X got their greatness put everywhere and created a legacy for ourselves, written by ourselves. So if you're interested in creating a different movement for Generation X, email me, Cassandra. She runs the show podcast at gmail.com. That's she runs the show podcast at gmail.com. Again, I wasn't planning to record this. This was not originally going to be episode number 14. I've got some amazing, there I go saying amazing again, amazing interviews that I cannot wait to share with you. But I had, I had to record this today. Like my soul would not sit still until this got out into the world. And it doesn't matter to me if one person listens to this and gets the message or a million people listen to it and get the message. I'm saying one thing and I'm saying one thing only. We get to say how the story goes. We get to write it and we are the bridge. And the bridge is a powerful position if we know how to create a win-win, not only for the generation before us and the generation after us, but 10 generations beyond us. It's time we stood up to the plate. It's time we got up and got out of apathy and handled our business when it came, when it comes to our generation's legacy. If you're ready to do that, Drop me an email. She runs the show podcast at gmail.com. And please put in the subject line, Generation X, just so I know what it's about. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this Get It Together talk on She Runs the Show. Yes, this is a podcast for women entrepreneurs. Yes, I had a little venting that I need to do today. And yes, this is a movement that anyone and everyone in Generation X needs to be a part of. I will talk to you next time.